Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. So Joel and Jamie, they got expectations of us. We got to stay within the limits of, you know, of the boundaries of the topic. And uh, then my wife had expectations on me as well. I think I'm ready Praise now. The Lord. I, had to, I had to fix my pants. <laughs> yeah, I know you're losing weight, babe. Oh, I wish. <laughs> and uh, so my wife had expectations on, on me as well. I know you got expectations on us as well. So I trust that with this message, and it's called, um, you know, it's the case of the Canaanite woman. It's one of the case studies in healing. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm writing a book on it. It's been in the works for quite some time. But, you know, I, I believe that the Lord has laid it on my heart. Well, I, you know, the Lord has laid it on my heart, you know, to go through all of the, the individual cases through the Gospels in which Jesus had something to say to the person who was in need of healing. Amen. Now, we know that Jesus healed them all. Right? Most people recognize and they realize Jesus healed them all. There's no question about it. Everyone who came to Jesus on his terms, they all received healing. But it's very helpful that if you take some of those, uh, those cases, those stories, we would call them Bible stories, but uh, I don't want to call them Bible stories. We're going to take a very close, detailed look at each one of them. I'm, I'm going to take, just take one of them out of the whole pile, of course. Uh, that It's called the case of the Canaanite woman. And when you pay close attention to what Jesus said and to what he did and what the recipient of healing did and what he or she said, then not only will you be in a place that you can receive healing, but even more than that, you'll be in a place that you can minister healing. Because how many of you know you are a minister of healing? Right? If you don't know that, just read your Bible. Jesus made this statement, the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these you shall do, because I go to the Father. Well, did he go? The answer is yes. That means that we are now left with the works of Jesus and the greater works of Jesus. Then he said this, These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. That's your job. Right? That's not just for the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That's your job. Amen. If you're a believer, do we have any believers in the house? Raise your hand if you're a believer. Amen. Look at your hand. Maybe touch it. Make sure it's yours. <laughs> right? <laughs> because if you can touch it, that means you are a believer. And that means these signs will follow you in my name. That's where the secret is. In my name, you shall cast out devils. In my name, you shall speak with new tongues. In my name, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right? That's, that's, that's a command from heaven that the Lord has uh, given, given to us. All right. So let me just, uh, you know, take you to those scriptures. Do you want to add something to it as we're beginning? I just have to ask my question. Okay. Are you... Pardon me? Well, no, we're going to talk about... Oh. Fem... <laughs> oh. <laughs> what we're going to do... <laughs> 
What we're going to do is we're going to use this story. It's a healing story, but it has to do, you know, because we've got to keep everybody happy, right? The the Lord wants us to do something this morning. But we're going to talk about, you know, how you as a mom can experience family restoration, right? This this story has to do with family restoration. Thank you for bringing that up. Well, because you were talking about healing, and I thought we're talking about Christian killers, Oh yeah. So well, then I thought, well, and because Joel and Jamie are gone, I haven't been sleeping at home. I've been sleeping at Joel and Jamie's house, so the communication has, has been, been a little sporadic. Yes. yes. Okay. So Christian killers, we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about it from a different angle. We're going to talk about what this woman did, and we're going to find out what works and what don't work, right? Also, what don't work is they're going to kill you. Also, also, I have a funny story. I'll just put this in real quick. One time, um, this was a, oh, maybe a few years ago when we were still pastoring here. Then we were having a meeting with the team, and he announced something. And I said, what? I didn't know that. He said, well, didn't you get my email? Uh, no. But we're better now. It was, it was in our newsletter. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's, let's read the story, if that's okay with you. Beginning in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21. I'm sure you can follow along right on the screen. Uh, it reads like this. Then when Jesus from there, we're going to read it and back up and analyze what just happened. Then when Jesus from there, and he departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And look, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet or not fitting to take the children's bread and to cast it to, to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So here is a story, right? And because it's moms, I mean, mom, uh, you can fix your family. Amen. I'm not saying that it's easy, but you, you're in a place just like this woman was able to fix her family. You as a parent, I'm not just talking to moms only, but you as parent or parents, you know, you got a lot to do with the restoration of your family. Amen. I, I believe I've told you the, t- the story many times, many times in this place. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, that my dad came home. I remember one time he came home to us. He called all of us kids on a, on a Thursday night. He said, we're Christians now. I thought we already were. But, you know, he had made up his mind from that moment on. It's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and that statement changed our whole family. Amen. It changed our family. It changed the business. It changed everything about us. So what you do 
Amen. What you do. And what you do here in this place not only affects you right here and right now, but affects the people that, that you influence, especially your children, as we see in this case. Amen. Because you can see from this story that what she did, she walked away from her child. Amen. She walked away from a child knowing this, that her proximity to Jesus was more important than her, her proximity to her problem child. Knowing this, that, you know, when you are close to Jesus, you got much more of a chance to fix your family than when you stay with the problem people. Now, that's not in human nature, is it? Right? Because if you are dealing with a problem child or a problem person, what, you know, we, we, we tend to, to hang around that problem person, thinking this, that uh, as long as I'm around, at least I will be able to control the situation. Yeah. And how many of you know that has never worked yet? All right? That has never worked yet. So you are better off to take a distance. I'm not telling you to pack up your bags and leave your kids and say, you know what, you've been a problem to me your whole life. I'm packing my bags. I'm taking off. I'm not telling you to take a geographical distance necessarily, but how many of you know you can take a distance in your soul realm, in your, in your emotions, in your feelings, in your mind, especially in the care realm, right? Because a lot of people, they get caught up in the care realm thinking they have to care but the one who cares lacks the power the one who doesn't care usually the kids <laughs> they carry the power right so as long as you don't care meaning this I'm not telling you to not care but I'm telling you to do what the Bible says place your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you amen so that you are carefree from your child, from, your, from the problems, from whatever, you know, bothers you. I'm not just talking about kids here, but everything that is a care to you, you have to be willing and be able to walk away from and be absolutely carefree. Let me give you a quick example. Some of you will have, have maybe may have heard this testimony, you know, about uh, Brother Copeland when he was younger. I mean, he was walking away from the Lord. You know, he told the story, and his his mama, thank God for praying mamas, but his mama prayed for him for years, right, for him to come back to the Lord. And she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed to the point that she finally said, okay, Lord, I am done. I am done praying. If he goes to hell, it's not my fault. He was, she was done praying. The next day he got born again. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Amen. Because sometimes our prayer is not really praying, it's caring. It's caring or carrying the load and the burden that we're not supposed to. You were not supposed, you were not made to carry the care. You got to put that on Jesus, our burden bearer. And you know, when you do that, that's, that's called fighting the good fight of faith. That's exactly what it is. You know, you, it says in scripture, fight the good fight of faith. Well, what is that? Does that mean you go around punching people who don't believe? or um, constantly, you know, damning things or, but the good fight of faith is just putting God's word in your mouth. It's just, it's just following God's word. And it sometimes is a fight because we live in a world that is not 
conducive sometimes to what we know what in the word is. So that's a fight. And especially when you've got emotions, you've got your child by your side who is not doing well, or because um, you know, as a mama, those children are in your heart. They're so close to you, and when they're hurting, you're hurting. And that's the part you think, okay, Lord, they belong to you. And that's when you give your care over to the Lord. And it's not easy, but we can do it because God it. said to do it. So anything he tells us to do, we can do. He's not going to say, okay, have no care, have no care about anything, and then say, ha-ha, good luck. No. It's like if he tells us to do it, we can do it because we have the Holy Spirit in us. We are born again. We are new creatures in him. Amen. Praise the Lord. So All that's right. why she can, this lady can go, yes. to, can go to Jesus and leave her child behind yeah. and say, I know the answer. Yeah. So there's your killer, right? Taking the care upon yourself, thinking it's your duty, right? But if you become carefree, then you, are, are, you, you, you enable yourself. As long as you carry the care, you are enabling someone else. But if you place your care on the Lord, He will empower you to do the right thing. Plus, you, gotta, you have a few promises, such as if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household, meaning you and your family, will be saved. Do you believe that? Right? Amen. So we're going to act on it. Amen. So let's, let's take this story and analyze it a little bit. You know, he talks about Jesus went from there and he went into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Now that's just outside of the Israeli borders. You know, Tyre and Sidon would be in what is called modern day Lebanon. So he went on purpose outside of the nation of Israel because he wanted to take a little bit of a break with his followers or with his 12 disciples. I mean, you know, preachers need a break every once in a while. Amen. That's why Pastor John and Jamie are in Mexico. <laughs> Amen. So Jesus, he went outside of the nation of Israel. He went to Tyre and Zidon. And now, uh, you know, he's doing his best to be not, not noticed. You know, that's why he went outside of the borders of the nation of Israel. But of course, it's impossible for him not to be recognized because this lady from that area, she's a Canaanite woman or the different translation says a Syrophoenician woman. She recognized him and she went after Jesus. And this is what she did. She is yelling and screaming after Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I have a daughter back home, oppressed of an evil spirit. Jesus. Now I'm saying it nicely, right? I'm almost quoting it, what she says. But knowing mamas, right? I mean, mamas, they have a heart for their kids. I would imagine that she had some emotions with it. It could have sounded something like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus. Now, what does Jesus do? Would you agree with me? Jesus is the son of God, right? He's the perfect uh, representation of what heaven is like. How many of you know God is love? What did love in action do? Love in action just walks away. Can I? Can I get past you, my babe? <laughs> he just walks. He just walks. He just keeps walking. Meanwhile, I mean, she didn't just do this once. She is crying. She's yelling and screaming after Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I have a daughter back home oppressed of an evil spirit. What does Jesus do? He just keeps walking. Love and action just kept walking. He totally ignored her. He treated her like she didn't even exist. Is that right? 
But what did she do? She kept going. Amen. Now, most people that I know, they would have quit. And there's your killer. <laughs> right? Most people quit. Their faith quits. They just say, they go, they go back home and say, well, you know what? It looks like Jesus is not really all that interested uh, in, in what we're doing and what I'm doing. He's not maybe interested in my daughter either. Maybe he's got better things to, to do. After all, he's got a universe to, to operate. He's a, he's a busy person. You know, maybe I'll just go back home. I'll go back home and we just do the best that we can with what we have. That's what a lot of people that I know, that's what they would do. But not her. We can learn something from this lady. If you want something from God, if you want something from heaven, you have to be a very determined person. And you have to predetermine in yourself that it is God's will for you, for your daughter to be whole, to be restored. If you, if you waver in that area, you're not going to get anything from the Lord. Right? But if you make up your mind based on what His Word says, based on the nature and character of God. How many of you know He is the healer? Amen. Jesus is still a doctor. Right? In the same way that you would be able to go to your doctor and walk into His office, you can walk into Jesus' office because He is still a doctor. Amen. He's the Savior. He's the Lord. He's got many, many titles, but one of them is He is the great physician. Praise the Lord. So she, she didn't quit. She didn't quit. We can learn something from her. That is this number one. If you want something from God, you can't, you know, you have to, you have to determine in yourself, this is the will of God. I am going to get what I come for. Can you say amen? Now notice, you know, after a while you think it might get a little bit better for her, but it did not get better for her because now Jesus' disciples, would you like to say something right now? Jesus' disciples, his 12 disciples, you could call them his team of 12 associate pastors, right? Uh, they, you know, they are piping up at this moment as well. They said, come on, Jesus, come on. Uh, if, you, if, if you're not going to minister to her, if you're not even going to pray for her, do us all a favor and get rid of the woman. She is annoying. Have you heard? <laughs> you know, I mean, she got, she got this shrill voice and she's yelling after you. And I don't think she's going to quit anytime soon. If you're not going to minister to her, if you're not going to do anything about it, do us all a favor and get rid of the woman. Now, if you would hear that, right? People that I know, uh, they would get a little bit upset and say, you know what? Uh, looks like the pastor and his associate team of 12 not really interested in me. Why don't I go to a different church? <laughs> Ready, show me some love. But not her. Not her. She stuck with it. She stuck with it. She went after Jesus and she kept doing the same thing. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, I have a daughter back home oppressed of an evil spirit. Jesus, that's what she kept doing. So after a while of doing that, you, you, you hope. <laughs> You'd hope that it would get better for her. But it still didn't get better for her. Because notice what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? Verse 24, he said, I am not sent 
but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, what did she hear? Okay, uh, not only are you ignoring me, treating me like I don't exist, not only is your team of 12 associate pastors, they want to get rid of me, but obviously I'm not even part of your vision. I'm not even a part of your mission. I don't know about you, but people that I know, they would quit. And there's your biggest killer, people quit. They quit at a drop of a hat, right? They get upset, they get mad, they go to a different church, they go to a different person, they go do something else where they get some different treatment. But not her. She stuck with it. She is a determined person, meaning this. She would not take no for an answer. If you want something from God, do not take no as the answer. You know why? Because no is not, is not an answer. It is not the answer. Did you know that? It may look that way. I've heard people say many times, Oh, Brother John, the heavens were like brass. And it felt like as I'm praying, it hit the ceiling and it came right back down. Well, whoop-de-doo. You know, that's not a sign that the answer is no. It may seem like it's no. But the answer is never, ever no. Especially when it comes to the promises of God. Because my Bible says this, the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God. Are you out there? So it's never no. Now, I'm not telling you to go up to God and, you know, go to the throne of grace and say, I want this and I'm not going to take no for an answer. No, no, no. I'm not talking about you being rude, but I'm talking about you being bold. And when you, when you know the promises, amen, when you know what belongs to you, because how many of you know there are things that, that, that are yours as a child of God? When you belong, when you know that's yours, then you're not going to take no for an answer. Right? Just like this lady did. So what do you think Jesus was doing there? Okay. Good question. Thank you. These people aren't asking anything. That's what everyone is thinking. Why would Jesus do that? <laughs> Amen. So what is Jesus doing here? That's a very good question. What is he doing? Is he, is he ignoring her on purpose? Is he being mean? Well, no. God is love. Right? You know what he's doing? He's working with this lady. He's working with her. He just needs her to be on the same page as he is. Amen. So when it looks like the answer is no, it's not no, just give God, give Jesus, give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to work with you. Until you have, until you're in a place that you can receive what he has promised you. Amen. Once again, because the, the, the answer is never, ever no. It's always yes when it comes to the promises of God. And really, healing is not even a promise. It is part of your identification in Christ. It's who you are. Amen. But let's call it a promise. It is yes and amen to the glory of God. Now, I've heard people say this. Well, Brother John, God always answers prayer. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says wait a while. My answer to that would be this. Where do you find that in the Bible? You don't find it. You know what that means? Somebody made that up. Right? Some, somebody made it up based on their experience. But when it comes to the promises of God, my Bible says it's always yes. 
Amen. You've got to have kind of the same attitude as when our daughter Chloe, when she was a little girl, she was four, right? She walked up to Ingrid first and said, can we go to, well, she was glad actually, she, she walked up to Ingrid and said, can we go to Disneyland? And, um, you know, Ingrid said, well, no. Ingrid said, no. She burst into tears. She said, but Jesus said yes. <laughs> so, so how can you say no? <laughs> Right? It took us a couple of years to finally get there, but Brazil, we did get there. Amen. Am I answering your question? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Yes. Comments? Well, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about offense, but do okay. you want to go further first? Yeah, then, yeah. We, then we'll go further. Okay. So Jesus just finished saying, right, he just said, uh, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now she changes her approach at this moment. Right? If you go to the next verse, verse 25, she changes her approach. How many of you know your approach is extremely important? If you ever flown an airplane, right? You, the way, you, the angle that you approach can be a life, matter of life or death. Is that right? Same thing with, you know, with your, with people. The way that you approach someone, because it's Mother's Day, I'm going to address you dads and fathers, <laughs> right? The way that you have sometimes approached your wife, you know, it could be an open door or a closed heart, right? I've done it many times. I've said something to my wife. I thought it was good, right? I thought it was a good, a good statement to make, but I could tell by the way that my wife acted, by the way that Ingrid acted, she built up a wall real fast, right? It was just cemented and all, right? Real quick. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I knew Perhaps I said the wrong thing, or perhaps I said the right thing in the wrong way. There's so many variables there. <laughs> you know, but let's just stick. I said the wrong thing. Right now I have to break that down. But first I said, what, 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 what? What did I say? What's wrong with what I said? I thought it was good. I thought it was funny. The kids thought it was funny. How come you don't think it was funny? We'll be back on Father's Day. Does it make sense? So you have to break down that, that wall because your approach is extremely important. Why would God, why would Jesus, why would the Holy Spirit be any different? How many of you know that the way you approach Him can be an open door or can be a closed heart? How many of you know that the Bible tells us that God sees the proud from afar off? He resists the proud. But what? He gives grace to the humble, right? So your attitude as to how you approach Him has a lot to do with your answer. There's your killer, because some people don't know how to, how to approach Him. But if you learn, if, if you get to know Him, then you know how to approach Him. You approach Him based on His Word, based on the name of Jesus. But at least the story begins to change somewhat in her favor because she changes her approach. She humbles herself and begins to worship the Lord and say, Lord, help me. How many of you know that when you have said everything that you're supposed to say, Right? You have made all of, the, all of the statements and all the prayers you're supposed to pray and you're supposed to say. Sometimes it's real good just to say something from your heart. Right? And she said, Lord, help me. Help me. 
Now at least the story changes in the sense that now Jesus acknowledges her and begins to have a conversation with her. And so you would think that it gets better for her. But how many of you know it still didn't get better for her? Because notice what Jesus said. He said, he said this. He said, it's not right. It's not meat. It's not right for me to take the children's bread. Now that's a good one, isn't it? See, when you're talking about the healing, the restoration, your family being free, that's the children's bread. It belongs to you. It's on the table. Would you agree with that? It's on the table. If you can't reach your healing, you know, you don't have to beg and squall. You know, just ask someone, can you pass, pass it on, pass it over? Can you pass me the butter? Instead of, Lord, I can't get the butter. <laughs> Amen. But just ask someone to pass it on to you. Someone will help you get the butter. But just, this is what Jesus said. It's not right, not fitting, not right for me to take the children's bread and cast it to, what's the next word? Dogs. That's not very nice, is it? You know what Jesus just did? He called the woman a dog right to her face. Right to her face. He called the woman a dog. It's not just name calling, it's even worse. It's a, it's a racial slur. Because you see, if you were not a Jew, you know, if you were an outsider, you were talked about as a dog. They talk about you as a dog. Well, the dog's out there. Now, Jesus did not just talk about her. He said it right to her face. You, <laughs> it's not right for me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Now, I don't know about you, but just about now, you know, most people that I know, <laughs> they, would, they, would, they would hang up the towel. They would throw in the towel. They would be not just mad. They would not just be upset. They would be offended at this point in time. And say, okay, Jesus, you have treated me bad enough, you know, for, for the longest time. First you ignore me, then your stupid little healing team, they ignore me as well. They want to try to get rid of me, <laughs> right? And then you tell me I'm not part of your vision or your mission. And now you tell me that I'm a dog. I will see you in court. That's what would happen in our day and age. Amen. And you might have won the court case. But it's not going to win you any points with God. It's not going to get your prayers answered. As a matter of fact, it might kill you when you have that kind of an, an attitude. Right? But not her. But not her. She did not get offended. Now this would be an opportunity, a great place to get offended. Isn't that right? But she did not get offended. Do you know? Do you know why she did not get offended? And this is, you know... I, I'm reading be between the lines, but, but I know this to be true. <laughs> she did not get offended because her desire to see her daughter made whole was greater than any reason to become offended. And that, I, I think that's amazing. I admire this woman. She, I, she wanted her daughter well, and that she, be, she overcame anything that she could become offended over. She... She just let it go. And that is so valid in our lives here today. You can get offended 
over anything. And it's so easy, and sometimes you don't even really realize it. If you're not paying attention to what happens inside of yourself, you could get offended. And you don't want to walk in that. Because you get offended and you don't realize it, and you just start talking. You've got a house full of kids, and you start talking to your husband, man. Did you hear what, what, what's her name? I won't mention any names because I can't think of any, but said to me or said about me at church, did you hear, how, how horrible is that? They're supposed to be a Christian and it goes on and on. And you just, okay, that's the end of the conversation. Then you go to your next day, man, I got cut off and I'm, I'm angry or I didn't get what I was supposed to get at work. I wanted a promotion. I didn't get it. What kind of a boss is that? On and on. And your kids are hearing you. You know, you're passing down that whole attitude down to your children. And that's exactly how they grow up. And they think that's normal. They think that's normal. So then they continue on that. But you know what? If you want to get something from God, if you want your family to be successful, to be a family that's made of love, you got to start speaking God's word. You have to go. You have to let that offense go. And because you can. You can. Within you is all the love of God. It's in there. Don't ever forget that it's in there. And you have the ability to get rid of offense. And it's so important. We've had so many opportunities being in leadership. You know, people will talk about you. And this is from our pastor. We don't pastor anymore. But when we used to pastor, we would hear kind of the grapevine, well, you know, you didn't say this or you didn't say that. And you should have done this and you should have done that. And we would think, oh. But he said, no, oh God, you can, I can't afford to get offended. I can't afford to get offended. What if my kids pick that up? They'll think, huh, that's church. Well, see ya. Right? You don't want that. You want your kids to follow God. You want your children to love God. And I cannot say how important it is that you don't become offended in anything. Anything. You have to nip that in the bud as soon as you even realize it. And if you, and if you know what, sometimes you don't even realize things, get a friend to tell you. If you're talking, they say, um, sounds like you're offended. Oh, right. Because you don't want that. Be aware of what words come out of your mouth. Be aware of what feelings that you are projecting onto other people, your children, your coworkers about anything. It's just so, in, in this case, it was a, a life or death situation. If she would have said, ah, forget you, I think her daughter would have died. It's that important. It is that important. Amen. Now, but notice what she did. Because she didn't get offended, see, Jesus is working with her the whole time. And he finally got her to say something that he can work with. Yeah. Right? How, how many of you know Jesus is looking for you? You know, he's looking for something in you that he can work with. You yeah. remember the, that boy, that, you know, ep epileptic boy? Actually, the Bible calls it a dumb and a deaf spirit, right? The, the, and the father brought him. That's another case study in healing, right? How that this father brought his son to, to Jesus. Jesus was nowhere to be found. He's being transfigured somewhere, <laughs> right? But so, so the people who were left, you know, they were not able to, to cast the devil out. Now, is it because they lacked the ability? Well, no. Jesus already gave them power and authority, Right? But the dad has had something to do with the healing for his son. Because he came up to Jesus and he, he, uh, he was begging him as well. Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, how many of you know that's a good prayer? 
right? I mean, I'm sure you pray the same thing. But notice what Jesus says. You know, especially if you read, you can find this, this in, in Mark chapter 9, this whole story. Jesus made this statement, Mark 9, 23. Why? What, what do you mean if I can do anything? Why, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So he put the, the responsibility back on the dad. Right? And so what did the dad do? He cried out. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And then he gave Jesus something he could work with. So we need to get used to giving Jesus something that he can work with. He cannot work with your opinion. Did you know that? He cannot work with your feelings. He cannot work with what you think about the situation. Right? And everybody's got opinions, everybody's got feelings, everybody's got thoughts, right? But if you work with him with his word, then you give him something that he can work with to get the job done. Can you say amen? So that's what Jesus is doing with this woman. It looks like on the outside he's not interested and he's just walking away. But really and truly he's really working with this woman. She needs to get to the place that she does something that will enable Jesus to help her and her daughter. So what does she do? After going through all of this of, you know, of, of not taking no for an answer, of overcoming offense, this is what she said. She said, okay, I'm paraphrasing basically, but I'm sure you can follow it. This is what she said. She said, okay, Jesus, if I'm a dog, I will be a dog. But if I'm a dog, at least I have access underneath the table. I understand there's no place for me at the table, but I should at least be able to get underneath the table. And that's where the crumbs are. And all I need from you, Jesus, is a crumb. To see my daughter made whole. And now notice what Jesus said. Now, the, the King James says, Oh woman, great is thy faith. But I think Jesus got excited. He said, Woo, woman. <laughs> great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So was it God's will, Jesus' will, for her daughter to be made whole? Absolutely. So what was hindering it? She needed to be on the same place, be on the same page, give Jesus something to work with. She finally did, and then she got exactly what she came for. Right? But that means this. You cannot take no for an answer. It means this. You have to determine in yourself before you go to the Lord, before you pray. Right? See, most people, they, they operate this way. They pray. And if it happens, whoo, praise the Lord. If it doesn't happen, which is by default most of the time, if it did not happen, well, it must not have been God's will. But if you want something from God, you're going to have to de determine His will before you pray, before you, you go to Him. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse, verse 5 and 6, will, will, it, will, it will tell you that. For he who cometh to God, Right? I mean, that's, you have to make the choice. If, you, know, you could go some, some other place. You can go, to the, you can go to the government. You can go any old place you want to. But if you make the choice, I'm going to go to God, this is how you're going to have to approach Him. He who comes to God must do what? Number one, must believe that He is. 
He is what? That He exists? Well, that would be granted. <laughs> right? Otherwise, you couldn't go to Him. But if you, if you come to God, you must. You, there's no other, no other way. You must believe that He is exactly who He said He is. If He is your healer, then you must approach Him as your healer. Not only that, but you must also believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Amen. So, uh, one translation, or, or one gospel, in the gospel of Mark, you'll find this, Mark chapter 7, will tell you this, Jesus made this statement to her, He said, for this saying, the devil has, has left your daughter, go in peace. And she was made whole. So, what she said, at that moment, at that time, miles and miles away, you know, miles and miles away, her daughter was affected by that. Can you see how important your words are? What you say here, amen, will affect your home situation. What you say from a long distance away will affect your home situation. You know, there's your killer if you flip it around. If you say the wrong thing, Amen. If you say the wrong thing about your family, guess what? It may kill them. Right? The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Well, that would also mean any other prayer might kill them. <laughs> right? If it tells us specifically to pray the prayer of faith, then I would want to know what that sounds like. How about you? That's not our topic, but you can see, you can see how the whole system works. I'll just say one more thing about offense. You know when you're... Cause and words. I, I will get to there too, okay. but I just want to say this too. Um, you know when you're offended, you know you're bound up inside, right? You're just bound up. You may think like when you speak or do something wrong to someone else on purpose because they did something to you. Oh good, I got them. Yeah. You're not free. You're bound up. And so when you can forgive and say, Lord, I bless them, I forgive them, you are freeing yourself. And that's where you want to be. You want, I have made it a, a rule, priority, rule, whatever, in my life that I must, I will never ever avoid someone because I'm, I'm offended. Like if I see someone think, oh, I don't want to talk to them, there's something wrong with me, and I better figure out what that is and fix it. So if, like if I'm walking down the street and I see someone and there's been something going on, I thought, oh no, we're not having that. And you talk to them, you bless them, you even say hi. You can only do what you can do. Like if they don't want to respond, that's not your problem. Because you can't make them free. They have to walk in, in freedom themselves. But make it a priority. Make it a rule in your life to never be offended at anyone. If there's, if, you'll know, because you'll know. If you're mad and um, you ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything in me? that perhaps I need to change, then you'll have like a little voice saying, oh yeah, remember she said this and you haven't, uh, yeah, fix it, just fix it. And um, I want to say this too, because when Pastor Joel asked us, hey mom, can you do something about Christian killers? The thing that came up in my heart, and I and I've talked about it quite often, so perhaps this will be a replay for you, but that's okay, um, is words. What words are you speaking? The words that you speak over yourself, over your children, are so important. I cannot emphasize that enough. The words that you speak. If you go to Proverbs 18, 
Um, I've got it set here. Proverbs 18, verse 20 and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. To me, that's a huge scripture. And there's more scriptures throughout the, the Bible that has a lot to say about your words, but I wanted to say that one because it's so clear. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it's a choice that you get to make. Yeah. You get to make the choice, which is very empowering. Um, no one else is going to put words in your mouth. You are. So, um, and then I was thinking, I have a question to ask you. Who's, whose words carry the most weight in your life? Is it God's words? Is it who, who your... Do you, who, do, who do you believe more? Who do you believe more? God's word? Your no, no, no. word? Who do you believe more? God or you? Who do you believe... <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, I, I want to make it real straight. I yeah. want to make it real straight. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah? Okay. I lost my spot. Um, who do you believe more? God or you? <laughs> Not have it written down here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. Okay, who do you believe you're too, more? You're too nice. You have to be really straight. I'm too nice. Be real straight. Be real straight. Who do you believe more, God or you? <laughs> Is that good? But you know what? And then you would think, oh, well, God, of course, because he's the Lord of heaven and earth. But you know what? It's not true. You believe your own words more than God's words. And you know why? Because... God may say something, he may say to you, oh, you're righteous, I have, I have died on the cross for you, you are now mine, you are saved, you're going to heaven, and you are whole, you are well, you are walking in love, you are walking in joy, and he may speak those words over you, and if you say, I don't think so, whose word has more power? Yours do. Absolutely yours do. He, God can't do anything if you're going to say, well, Forget that. I got no joy. Have you seen this? What she did to me? There's no joy in that. Mm. You, man, you know what? God's, God's word, which is, has the power to create the heavens and the earth and to change you from darkness to light, has no effect. You know, when you became born again, you spoke the words, Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. You are now my Lord. And I give my life to you. Those are words that came out of your mouth. And it took you out of the, the darkness and it took you into light. It takes you from hell into heaven. Man, with words, you can change your destiny. And when I realized that, I thought, oh, dear Lord, what words am I speaking? It's so important. So because, you know what? And it's not that we are greater than God. Like it sounds like, oh, if my words are more important. No, that's not how it is. We're not greater than God. He set it up that way. When he created us, he made us into a speaking spirit. Yeah. That's right. So it is so important that we agree with him. Yeah. He has said these words. Now, are we going to agree with our words? Are we going to agree with what he said? It's so, so important. It's a matter of life and death, yeah. right? Heaven or hell, which one are you going to choose? And so when you, when you think... Oh, I guess I do believe my words more than God. You better start changing the words that come out of your mouth. Change the words that come out of your, your mouth about your situation, about your work, about your family, about your husband, 
about your children? What are you speaking over your children? Because sometimes children don't always do the right thing. Um, and so as a mom, you think, oh, man, what are you thinking? I've told you that a hundred times. And you're like, what, are you not getting it? Are you a little dense? Like these words will come out of your mouth to your child. And you know what? Your child will take these words inside and that will form their identity. So you better be careful. You got to be careful. You got to sit beside your children. <laughs> you got to sit beside your children, put your arm around your child, look him in the eye and say, you know what? You're going to get this. You know what? You will overcome this. You know what? You will always honor the Lord. Just speak it and be bold because you have authority in their lives. That's how God set it up. It's a system like you've got authority there as the head as a head together, especially, you've got authority over your family, over your children. Take that authority and walk in it and walk in the love that God has provided. So look your child in the eye and say, you will overcome this. Yeah. You will get this. You will honor the Lord. Yes. I, it's so, so important. Um, another thing I wanted to say, one more thing. Yes. Um, God is so for you. He's so for you. He wants you to walk in his victory, in his strength. But sometimes you walk in this life and um, it doesn't seem like that. So what, what now? What do I do now? And um, I've had it a few times. You know, you walk through your life. As you get older, things happen to you. Not always nice things. And one time something happened to me, somebody said something to me, and it hit me like, whoa, a ton of bricks. And it brought into my life fear, um, anger, um, a feeling of like worthlessness. And so I began to say, well, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to, and then I, and then inside I heard, you better keep your mouth shut here. I thought, ooh, because I thought, you know what? I don't want to wreck something with the words that I'm speaking. So I said out loud to this person, I said, you know what? I hear myself saying something I don't like, so I'm just going to shut up now, and I'm going to walk away. Yeah. And they said, oh, okay. So I walked away, and, it, and then, of course, I don't know how you guys do it, but I began to cry. <laughs> oh, God, look what happened to me. And, and I felt sorry for myself, and you start to murmur, and um, I thought, man, I don't like where I'm headed here. I know better. I know better than this. This is not how I'm to act, because I've been a Christian for a long time now. And uh, so I thought, you know, you read the scriptures, okay, I have, I'm an overcomer. I'm, I, God has given me his victory. I'm walking in his love. So I thought, Lord, how does that apply to my situation? What am I supposed to do? Because I don't see how they, it doesn't connect. And so I said to him, Lord, will you give me a sentence that I can say? Because to me, I needed to speak something. I wanted to say something on purpose that would uh, focus me in the right direction. That's really good. And so I didn't get it right away. I, I thought, I, you know, I'm still still crying, and I'm still hmm, murmuring, but only to myself in private, because that's what I do. And um, 
And then I, I kept asking him, but you know what? I think God is so faithful because I knew what I wanted. I was headed towards victory. I thought, Lord, I know victory is mine. What I'm experiencing now is emotion, and I'm not going to go. This, I'm not going to feel devastated. It's just emotion. What I have is yours. Emotion doesn't determine how you are. You know, when people say how are you, you don't look to your emotion to say how you are. And so you cry a bit. So that's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to figure out how things work. But just know in your heart that you're headed towards victory. And so I kept asking the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm believing you'll give me a sentence that I can overcome this. And then one time, I, out of the blue, he said to me, with a ver or he said to me, but I felt in my heart these words. He said to me, I'm the head of the church and you are not a victim. And I almost straightened up and saluted because it came to me like, that's, that's an order. That's I thought, okay. I said, I am not the head of the church. And it's not all about me, apparently. And I am not a victim. And to me, like those sentences, it set me free. And then those, you know, you, you go through your life and those feelings began to come again. And I thought, God, God. And he said, oh, remember what I told you? I said, oh, yeah, you're the head of the church and I'm not a victim. And I kept saying those words. I put those words in my mouth. I would say those things when the feelings would come. Even when the feelings wouldn't come, I would still say those words. And God set me free. I thought, oh, God, how good you are. How faithful. Yeah. And you know what? And he'll work with you wherever you're at. No matter what, what situation you're in, if you're in it with your children, if you're in it with your your boss, your work, your finances, he will give you something to say. Always, always, always ask him. He's so, so faithful. So faithful. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's what I come home to, praise the Lord, every time. You know, to, to a strong woman, a strong mom who speaks the word, right, who believes God, who believes Jesus, who hears from, from heaven. Praise the Lord. There's no life like it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, my babe. I love you. Yeah. Amen. That's all. That's all we want to say, right? I cannot. I cannot add anything to this. It's all been. It's all been said. But um, you know, we do want to pray with with you this morning. Maybe we can all stand up and perhaps, first and foremost, we want to make sure everybody knows Jesus, right? Knows Jesus. That's the most important thing. Perhaps you're here, you don't know Him, you don't know Him as your Lord or your Savior. You don't know your origin nor your destiny. Perhaps you hope that you have eternal life. You hope you go to heaven, go to heaven but you're not really sure. This morning, we want to give you the opportunity to make sure that you're a child of God, that you know where you're going, <laughs> that you know where you're heading. If you don't know, raise your hand boldly, indicating to us, please pray for me. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. Can I see your hand? Praise the Lord. Anyone here this morning can't really see well with the lights right in your eyes, but looks okay. Looks like everyone knows. Amen. 
All right. Well, then we want to open it up. You know, if you need healing in your body, we want to pray with you as well. Just, just raise your hand if you need healing in your body. You know, if there's a whole lot, then we. Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the Central Alberta region of Canada, we'd love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.